0: thing that's always, uh, bo- uh, not bothered me, but I've often wondered, how does a teenage boy from Newtonlands who's relocated to Straven, which, as you know, isn't the biggest village in Scotland, how does he end up being touring guitarist for New Model Army? How did that happen? Um, Long
1: story. So I moved to Straven when I was just before I turned 15 and like you said it, it, it was a very small it's it's it, steven stream is quite getting it's quite a big place right now it's getting bigger right. there's a lot of new houses being built back then it was very small yeah so i went to a school that maybe only had four or five hundred pupils at it went to Straven academy and i went there when i was so i did i did sort of half a third year and half a fourth year i left just before my 16th birthday but there's the new irish kid and woman gets around there's this guy with a funny accent and he's just he's come over from belfast and, Blah 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 blah. So everybody's poking you and wanting you to talk, and you know. Yeah. But word gets out that he's got a guitar, and and that's always a that's always a great leveler and a yeah. great common denominator. So suddenly, you're in the playground, and the guy comes up to you with a drum kit and goes, "You got a guitar? You could. I've got a drummer. Yeah. I'm a drummer. Yeah. The bass player gravitates towards you. Those two guys were Stumpy and Floyd. Yeah, who who would go on to form the Almighty with you know sure. six years down the line. You know, first day, and by that weekend, we're in somebody's front room jamming on on covers. So it progresses from that, and we, you know, various school bands, you know, 150 name changes later. And then I have this little punk band going with Floyd, who's a bass player. Stumpy and I had fallen out, which we do. Stumpy, oh man, (laughs) me and Stumpy are like that. Even to this day, he's my bro. I roomed with him all through the almighty. The carnage, me and him, but we're like brothers. Like we would fist, you know, punch ups and, and next day arms. He, he's my boy. You know, we're, we're that close. But it's a it's a very volatile, amazing relationship I have with him. And I'd fallen out with him. And we got this other drummer um, from Coatbridge playing with us. And we had this punk band called Rough Charm, which is a terrible name. But, you know, um, and we were starting to make a wee bit of a, a vibe. You know, we're in Glasgow. We were starting to yeah. play some, some good gigs. Three-piece band. And I would do the thing where I would get the overnight bus from Glasgow. You know, this is when I'm 16, 17, yeah. 18 years old, armed with the cassettes, the demo tapes. Yeah. I'd have called up the record companies in London and I guess speak to the, the interns, you know, you're never going yeah. to get to the head a and But I would get the overnight bus down from London, get off at King's Cross 7 in the morning, go around all the record companies with the demo tapes, Get the the young kid to listen to the song. You're shite. You'll never get anywhere. Go back to the farm. I mean, that's, you know, that's brutal it was. And I did this about four or five times. I just kept going and I just wouldn't give up. I wouldn't take no for an answer. You know, I do that trip down to London. And eventually I went to see a company called Abstract Records, who New Model Army were signed to. And I was a massive New Model Army fan, massive New. And Rough Charm definitely had a little bit of that, I hate to use his word, but kind of goth punk yeah you know edge edge to us and the, the girl whose name i forget and it's god for me, absolute record she says you have something i really like what you guys are doing you know you're young you have an attitude she says it's not quite there yet she says i think you need to get some shows she said you'd be great to open for a new model army i said well i love new model army who yeah. who can i get to yeah you know how, how am i going to get in touch with them she says look here's the here's their management contact address." send them a demo tape, see what happens. So I go back home and to Straven, and I write a handwritten note, blah, 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 put the demo tape, mail it off to, to, to New Model Army's management in London, think nothing of it, be lucky if I hear back. Yeah. And about a week later, um, the phone goes, and this guy goes, hello, this is Nigel Morton, manager of New Model Army, uh, can I speak to Ricky, please? And I went, this is Ricky. He says, I've just received your, your your demo tape. And I went, fuck off. I went, I went, fuck off, Rab. Stop winding me up and put the <laughs> phone down. Right? <laughs> Thinking it's one of my mates from Straven, right? Yeah. So I go back, I'm, I'm, I'm on the farm. So I go back out and go to work in the farm. About 20 minutes later, my mom comes out and she goes, There's a big guy phoning you about three times. He says he's a man there's new model army. He says, You put the phone down on me. He says he really isn't. And I was like, "Oh shit," you know. So I come. This is a true story. So I come by. So my mum calls me and take the phone call. And he says, "Look," he said, "I really like what I'm hearing these demo tapes. Can I come and see your band play?" And I said, "Well, we've got a gig in in the venue in Edinburgh on Friday night." He says, "I'll fly up and I'll see you." Wow. So we did the gig in the venue in, in Edinburgh, and Nigel flew up and saw us, and we played great. And he went, "Look, I'm definitely interested in um in doing something with you." And he said, I tell you what I'm going to do, we'll put some money behind you, we'll get you in a fairly decent studio and we'll get a good demo done and and we'll take it from there. So he put us in the studio in Newcastle with a guy called Mond Cowie. Mond used to play guitar for the Angelic Upstarts Mm. and uh, Mond also produced Vengeance, the the first new Model Army EP that was blowing up everywhere. So obviously thrilled. Yeah. So we go, into, go down to Newcastle upon Tyne, spend three days in, in Link Studios, which is, owned, which is owned by Brian Johnson from ACDC. Just you know, loving it. Can't believe this is happening. Demo turns out great. Nigel says, look, he says, New Model Army are doing a run of about six shows. He said, Let, let's put you on with them. Let's see if we can get you noticed and you know, maybe get the band a record deal. So we turned up at the first show and it was Norwich University and I'll never forget it. And I'm just like, I just can't believe, I mean, New Model Army are, are the band I'm, I'm just fanatical about at this point. You know, they're my favorite band and I've been to see them a bunch. And Justin Leeson comes in and he, he's super friendly and he says, I, he says, I believe you know some of our songs. I says, yes. Yeah. So he said, "He said, look, he said, we could really do with an extra guitar on a couple of tracks. He said, do you fancy once you've done your set, getting up and playing on blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah with us? Of course, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable.
0: did so, come through.
1: This happens. We do the six dates of the tour. It's amazing. I get up every night playing two or three songs with them. Go back home. Think nothing more of it. About a week later, Justin calls me up. He goes, "Have you got a passport?" And I went, "No, don't have a passport." Never been. No, I think I've been been to Spain maybe three years as a you know as a kid. No, he says, "Get yourself a passport." He said, "We've got a German tour starting. Will you come and play guitar? We need the extra guitar player." So I, you know rush off, get the, get the overnight passport. Next thing I know, I'm on a plane to Hamburg. And the first thing we do is we we play a very famous venue called the Docks in Hamburg, which is still there to this day. I've played it many times. The next show after that is a TV show, national TV show in Germany, which I'm on TV. You know, you, you've got to understand, you know, like a week earlier, I'm fucking playing a field on the farm, you know what I mean? Or, you know, so the third gig, is in front of the Reichstag opening for David Bowie in front of 85,000 people on the on the Glass Spider tour. That was my third gig. Wow. And I'm just, you know, I'm just fucking, I can't believe this is happening. So I end up doing, Justin goes, look, we have a world tour. We have a year's worth of shows all over the world. We need an extra guitar player. We need, and I played a little bit of keyboards as well. He said, we need we need somebody else to Can you do this? So I had to do the thing, which I didn't enjoy. I had to go back and tell the guys in Buff Charm, look, I've got this opportunity. You can hate me if you want, yeah. but I'm going to have to take it. And yes, they were you know, pissed off, but they would have done the same. You know, Anybody would have done the same at that age, at that opportunity. So, I mean, that was it. I went off. I'm sorry, it's such a long story. But it's not no, it's, it's, it's
0: it. fascinating. It's, it's, yeah. I've, I've, I've never heard the story before, and it's always something yeah. that I've thought, how did that happen? Well, well thank yeah, you. and
1: then that happened, no, thank you, that happened, and then sort of, I had the idea, you know, you're always thinking I had the idea, the name of the Almighty came to me while I was on tour with New Modern Army, I thought when I, you know, when I, if I do get another band, it'll be called the Almighty, and then when New Modern Army came off the tour, they were going in to record their album, Thunder and Constellation, which was a great album, and Justin, excuse me, the singer was just honest, he said, look, we love having you playing live, he says, but the core of the band is sure. the three of us, exactly." I, and we're we're gonna go in and make this record. You can have three or four months off, we'll yeah. get back out in the road. And even then, even though I was playing my favorite band, I just went, Justin, I went, that's not enough for me. I said, I, I want this, I want the right songs and I want to sing. I totally respect your decision. Yeah, but I'm gonna go and do my own thing. This has been unbelievable. Thank you for everything you've given me, the opportunities you've given me, but I'm going to go and start my own band. And that and that was the beginning of the Almighty.
0: And with the Almighty, that's that seemed to explode pretty quick as well. I, I believe you only did a handful <laughs> yeah, was of shows, insane. and then you were signed.
1: Uh, yeah, twelve shows, twelve so, shows, wow. and, and it signed it signed eleven months after forming the band,
0: <laughs> which doesn't happen to everyone, boys and girls. Doesn't doesn't happen. No, no.
1: I mean, it looks again. It looks like it was easy and it was overnight, but fucking worked hard like everything else i have done we worked we worked our socks off we were rehearsing three or four nights a week yeah we were hustling we were we were always thinking we were always you know scrimping and scraving. you know getting in a van going down to london losing money on gigs you know about 12 11 gigs we did or whatever it was you know what i mean yeah but what worked really well with the almighty was right place right time coming from straven being the chookters that we were and not being part of that Glasgow scene. Yeah. Because there was a lot of good Glasgow bands that could really play. Yeah. Really, I'm not going to mention names, but really could really play. And a lot that were always knocking on the door, not quite there. Yeah. These three ruffians from Straven came along with tattoos and yeah. could barely play four chords, but with more attitude than, it, than all those bands put yeah. together yeah, and more swagger. And 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 we would come in and we'd just play and we'd blow the roof off the place. And people would go, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Who are they?
0: You know? I'm originally from Greenock and uh-huh. I knew Paul very well. Oh, of course, yes. And um, just heartbreaking what I'm telling. Of course, I can't even imagine how you yeah. must have felt. But we knew Paul was was out with this new hairy rock yeah. band. And I and we were thinking, oh, gotta go and check these out. Well, he so, was he
1: was an integral part of it. You know,
0: Paul joined from day
1: one. Um, did everything yeah. drove the van set yeah. the gear up sold yeah. the merch yeah sort of sort of the fights so out they get he did everything <laughs> yeah. as you know because yeah. of the, the guy that he was so he was with us from he was with us from day one yeah and he was an integral part of of the almighty and 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 just got it and um listen i mean you know i i, I can't get I'm sad he's no longer with us. Of course, but the times that I had with him, are yeah. just, I mean, I'm just—I mean, i just smiling about telling you about it now. Yeah. What a great guy, as you know, he was. Yeah. And it, it, what I loved about Bomber was anything was possible. No it was never an option. Yeah. You know, he, it was like we'll make it happen. It's going to happen. We'll, no, we'll make that happen. You know, everything was possible. And he, he's—you know—he's a funny fucker, man. He just used to crack yeah. me up the whole time, yeah. you know. And it was lovely. I hadn't seen him in a in a while. Yeah, I mean it was obviously very busy with Judas Priest. Yeah. And this is a great wee story I'll share with you because you know course, I, I don't think I've told anybody anybody this. So obviously I'm living here in, in, in LA. And he was over and he'd some time off and he's got friends down in San Diego. And this was this was about a week and a half before he passed. Yeah. And he called me up. And he said, I'm coming up to LA. He said, Let, let's meet, let's go get a bit of breakfast, let's meet for a coffee. And um I was in a rank mood. Something had happened, and I was really pissed off about something. And i think it was a family argument something something that happens and i said mate i said i'm i'm not in a good headspace at the minute i said can we can we give us a give us a miss you know i'm just i just need i don't really feel like talking to anybody i'm a bit scunnered i'm a bit pissed off he goes get a hold of your knickers fucking come on and meet me for a coffee and fucking talk some sense into you blah 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 and i was like oh, fuck, all right then you know and he uh we came up, we met, and we went. There's a cafe just up the street from where I live, and we just went and we sat there. And, of course, we went five minutes, and tears streaming down my face with laughter and blah, blah, blah. And that was the last time I saw him, and he went back home, and four or five days later, of course, the phone, the text, are you all right, big man? I'm worried about you. You know, you 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 know, you seem stressed. And just that was, that was the mark of the guy, you know. Sure. And right up until he passed away, the night he passed away, you know, he'd been out for a few drinks and the yeah. whole thing. I stole the text on my phone because I can't delete them. Right up until not. the moment, you know, you know. It was, but that was the how good the guy was, and um, he certainly helped make the Almighty what they were. Even though he wasn't in the band, his attitude and his energy yeah. and his positivity spurred us on. You yeah. know,
0: as a band, incredible. Uh, I saw, I watched the video of the Almighty, uh, Dorrington. Yeah, and you can see Bomber at the Cider Stumpies. That's kit. right. That's it's, right, yeah. It's such a big smile on my face when I saw this. It's just,
1: oh, it's oh. brilliant. Oh, he's brilliant. And that, that introduction that he gives us as well is just legendary. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, yeah,
0: no. the, like you said, in the, in the, on the Headbangers Ball, you know, you've been going to Dorrington from 1988 and now you're appearing. Yeah. Down. And it's, yeah.
1: wow. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It really was. It really was... Um, it really was special. I, I wish I wasn't so arrogant when I was that age because I was all that arrogant <laughs> when I was that age. And, and I really wish <laughs> I'd take it. I, as you do, I wish I'd taken a bit more stock of what was actually happening, yeah. you know. But I think, you know, you get caught up in the in, in, the, in the moment and the swagger of the almighty and you're you're trying to portray this You guy. outlaw image, Image, you know. And, and I think I just, I, but you, we're all young then. I think I wish I'd just gone. Just take this in, just remember this a bit more, you know. Not that I didn't, but I just, looking back, I wish I'd maybe absorbed it a wee bit more than I did, you know.
0: Well, I got this wonderful thing.
1: Hey!
0: The new power tripping reissue yeah. from Chenny Red. Yep. I got that from them. Lovely. And you've got the Welcome to Define's box set coming out at the yep. end of March as well, which I'll be yep. reviewing. So um, I've got that already, which is just astonishing. Brilliant. I'm Great. surprised, though. How much input did you have on these? Um, a lot. Excellent. What What are you surprised about? That the box set is ninety four to two thousand one. Yep. Not the and, whole thing. And this isn't in the yep. box set, obviously, because this is ninety three. It's to do. It's to do
1: with licensing. I mean, we've been working on this for five, six years, and people yeah. are sort of go, why oh, didn't just put it." And, Look, they don't know, and I understand that. But you're going back into the midst of time. The Almighty had various record deals, sure. various management companies, yeah. and it was a mess. Stuff was all over the place, and my management, Siren, who I've been with for ten years, took that on to sort that out right. because it was a, it was, it was carnage, yeah. you know. And and they went in, and it's lawyers, and and they, again, this all costs money. Of course so to go in and find who's got the licensing rights <laughs> how long this term lasts can we get this license to such and such it just takes time there's no quick easy way to sort you okay. know sort that out but we did and we're getting through it and i think there is this now this plans we'll do a second box set from 89 to 93 with the first right. three albums sure. and the bonus material on it that that's the plan okay. um, and that's the only reason that it, it's taken so long to get together you know it was criminal that the stuff's not available. It's criminal that stuff hasn't been online yeah. for so many years that yeah. people couldn't get to it. I mean, It was it pissed me off so much you wouldn't believe. So to finally have everything up and available and yeah. everything in its right place is just lovely.
0: So I, I reviewed this as well <laughs> and it, right? I, just, I, I basically just said just buy it. You've got oh, it to cool. have this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been out of print for so long it and nice. Uh, even if you had it back then, mm-hmm. get getting this new version with the bonus tracks yeah. and the B yeah. sides. Why yeah. wasn't the Dorrington set, which was on the original Power Tripping? Bonus,
1: I, you know what? I don't. I'm not sure, but I think again that's something we might be holding no, back I, to the box set. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know. So I mean, not, you don't want to sort of give it all away. And, of course, and no, word, not at all, away, you know? not at all yeah but the, the polydor stuff uh took a took a, a a lot longer to 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 sort out um yeah as well and i don't know if you remember reading about it, it was a huge warehouse fire a few years ago with universal yep. and a lot yep. a, 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 sadly we lost some of the master Genius masters lives. in that fire yeah so people why isn't it remastered why blah 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 and i was like well you know because it, that's why you know exist. they don't exist
0: anymore but the box set starts with Crank, Aye. which I was lucky enough to do UK Press on with Roland times. Yeah. We did Crank and Just had Life uh-huh. and went to quite a few shows on that tour, really? uh, especially the Crank tour, which you had the triphonic sound system. <laughs> and You tried your best to deafen every single person that came into every venue you played which was quite something yeah that was
1: it was yeah, insane that, it was
0: an insane time <laughs> i love that i love that. thank you so you went you went from the almighty obviously you've been back to ireland um yeah feeling quite dejected i'm guessing the way things ended up with the almighty and the upside of that for me personally mm. was the tattoos and alibis album which to this day We'll take a new album out of the equation because that's yeah, that's at the top sure. of the tree. Tattoos and Alibis for Me is the best album you've done, which is weird because it's such I, th- I think the way I like the reason I like it is it's so far away from what folk would have expected from a Ricky Warwick solo album.
1: I had to reinvent myself from from my from my own sanity, you know. Um I'd gone back to as you said, to Dublin, yes, I was pissed off. You know, people people need to remember that the Almighty didn't split up. I left, yeah. I left the band, so it was on me. It wasn't a case of like, we're splitting up. I just went in and went, guys, you can carry on if you want. You have my blessing, get somebody else, go for it. But I can't do this anymore. Um, and I went back to Dublin to sort of lick my wounds, but then I formed the band Sick, the, the punk band yeah. Sick that I yep. call you. So I, I
0: had
1: a I had a wonderful year with them, the, the two guys, and we were a great band, and it was starting to happen. And you know, we had a huge deal. We'd actually we had a huge deal lined up with MCA um, after about a year, and that fell through at the eleventh hour. I mean, we did. We had the actual contracts, and then the guy who was about to sign us got fired on the Monday. Yeah. We're not signing any bands. Yeah. Ripped it up. Suddenly you're gone. And I and and suddenly I just went, can't fucking believe this. This is happening again. This bullshit music industry, industry, not the music, the industry is fucking me over and over and over. And that destroyed me. And I just went, I can't go through this again. And I lost the plot for about a year and a half. I just went, I just really went there bad, bad. Bad, bad place because I was about to hit thirty. I had no record deal, no management deal, and yeah. no publishing deal. After ten years of of the highs of the yeah. Almighty, and, and even though one year was sick, and you know, Joe Elliott eventually grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and went, "You need to fucking, you know, snap out of this and get your shit together because this isn't doing anybody any good. Certainly not you." And you know, I was able to secure a publishing deal, uh, which provided me with some money. And he said, "Right, we're going into my studio. We're making a record." Um, you're gonna reinvent yourself. He says, you I've heard you play the acoustic guitar, I've heard you sing and not shout. <laughs> he says this <laughs> he said, he said, there's something there. And he said, We're gonna get, we're gonna get that. So fair play to, to Joe. And and that's really and so the good thing about tattoos and albums and sort of reinventing the whole love of falling in love with music all over again was the canvas was blank. Yeah. I'd done the almighty, I'd done the heaviness, i have done the yeah. guitars cranked up and the big riffs and all that. Yeah. I'd done that for 10, 11, 12 years. Um, But suddenly there was this whole new thing where, okay, I'm writing on an acoustic guitar, I'm singing now. Yeah. Suddenly all these roads opened up to me, you know, and I just was like, this is brilliant. So all these ideas started coming out of nowhere, Um, and that was Tattoos and Alibis.
0: Did you know you could sing? Um, it sounds a weird question asking us uh, elite singer. I th- yeah, I think,
1: <laughs> I think I think I think I did, but I don't think I had any confidence in my, in, right. in my sort of my singing ability. I thought everything had to be be yelled or screamed to make it yeah. to make your point across. Because the bands that I grew up on, like Motorhead and yeah. and Stiff and Stiff Little Fingers, and you know, they were very aggressive. Yeah. You know. And yeah. so to me, to actually sing. In, in any other style was was maybe a sign of weakness.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: it doesn't fit you the know? image that you were trying
0: to portray.
1: Well, yeah, and then it's the whole thing of like I'm going to get a big hammer and hit you over the head really hard to you get till you hear me. Yeah. And then somebody kind of goes, you don't need to. Do it. You just get a small hammer and keep tapping on somebody's head and just have the same <laughs> have the same. It's going to have the same effect,
0: you know. Yeah. Those first acoustic shows. How was that for your mindset? You know, obviously being used to having a, a full throttle terrifying. behind you. T- terrifying. I mean, absolutely
1: terrifying. The first show that I did was, um, and I'm thankful to Toby Jepsen for this forever. Toby Jepsen was playing a show at the garage in Islington, and he let me be special guest, unannounced. Right. So unannounced special special guest. And that was in That was March two thousand and two. So we're almost looking at nineteen years ago. Yeah. And so I went on with acoustic guitar, and people obviously recognised me. and were like, oh, it's really worried, blah blah blah. What's he doing? You know. Yeah. And I, I went on and played seven or eight songs, mm-hmm. acoustic songs, and and it was an amazing experience. I, mean, I was terrified. I mean, I think I was drenched. You know, I was so nervous and sweat. And <laughs> I probably didn't open my eyes for the whole show, but that because that was my first time ever. But one of the things that I did do when I knew I was going on in that direction, there's a great Irish um folk singer called Kieran Goss, who's unbelievable. And I've co-written a couple of songs with him. Um, a couple of songs are on I co-wrote um, Guilty Of yeah. um, Love Many, Trust for You, and Nothing Is Real on the Front and Tattoos and is a yeah. co-write with Kieran. And my publisher hooked us up together. Kieran's a million miles away from uh-huh. me. He's a real folk singer, you know. Yeah totally coming at not from a rock angle at all but we became really good friends and i would go out when he was playing in ireland and go to four or five shows because it was just him and acoustic guitar Mm -hmm. and watch how he interacted with the audience watch how he did it this is how you do a one-man show and learned so much from that so Taking that knowledge that I got from Kieran and then going into my own shows, I was like, right, yeah. this is a, obviously it's going to be different because you're playing to rockers, of course. So you're not going to get the silence of a pin dropping in a folk club, or I yeah. I know that, but just certainly there's a way that I learned from him to interact with people with just doing the one man show, and that was invaluable to me, you know. So I just took what I learned, put that into the own show, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because suddenly you have to get, you have to be really good at the guitar, your singing has to get better. You have to be more animated. You have to be more entertaining because it's, it's just you. There's nobody else there.
0: What do you prefer? Do you prefer <laughs> the Black Star Riders, big shows? Do you prefer your own solo shows or your own solo acoustic shows? Or are they all part of the same Ricky? They're all,
1: they're all they're all part of it. They're all part, all part of me. I love them all. I love them all for different reasons. I'll never, ever not want to walk on stage and turn my Marshall up and plug in and just yeah. beat the shit out of it. That will <laughs> never leave me. As, as you can hear on the new record, you know, sounds oh, like Never definitely. Corner, a Rat. You're my rock and roll. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. that's 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 as much a part of who I am um, as
0: the slower acoustic stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously, it's your mood dictates what type of material you write. Yeah. And with. When life was fast and hard, it's it's a mixture of everything, um, and probably, obviously, the most personal song on on it for you is "Time Don't Seem to Matter." With of course, on there, yeah. um, how does she feel about <laughs> being on a top forty album? That's 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 a two part question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um
1: Two years ago, when she recorded it when she was 11, she was quite thrilled about it. But now she's 13. She doesn't want anything to do with it, you know. <laughs> Simple as that, you know. It's right. funny. Um, I've been on her. I said, It would be really cool if you and I just sit. I'm talking to you here. I've got a really nice balcony where I live, you know, and it's the sun shining here. Yeah. I said, Well, just come and sit in a balcony. I said, Let's do a wee video and let's do the song. I said, The people would love it. I said, The people love your song. That you're on pepper. so I get asked about it every interview, yeah. and of course, she's like, you know, I'm the only, You know, parents are on cool when you're, you're of course, it doesn't matter. They just, yeah. they just are, yeah. And I get that, but we, we sat down together last night. You know, and you know, trying to capture a 13 year old's attention, you know, it, it's difficult because she yeah. just doesn't really want. She's hanging out in her room. She's, hang, you know, blah blah blah. So we sat down together last night. We watched the Billy Eilish documentary because she's a Billy Eilish fanatic. Yeah. And we sat on the couch and we watched the Billie Eilish documentary, which I thought was superb. And she sort of, it was one of those moments where she sort of watched it and her head was on my shoulder, you know, which doesn't happen too often because the hugs have disappeared they get, yeah. get a wee older. Yeah. Right? So, and I just sort of looked at her and I said, what well, about doing that song? And she went, okay. So hopefully I'll, you know, I think when she saw the Billie Eilish thing and, yeah. and the whole, you know, and yeah. everything that maybe that, it may be that coming from somebody that that's not that much older and it's had the success that she's had and and pepper's obsessed with music she really is obsessed with it it needed to come from somebody else and not from me of course and when i, th- I could see the cogs turning so i thought i'll pick my moment here yeah And he said what about it and she's like all right dad you know we'll maybe we'll do it so i i'm way more proud of it than, than she than she is you know um at the moment but Um, I think she's secretly really proud of it. She's just trying to be cool, impress her friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It must be. Well, the thing is, she goes to school, and it's not every 13-year-old that can say to their school friends, my dad wrote a song about me, and I'm on the album.
1: You know, they are. And the sad thing is, one of the bad things about the internet, there's many bad things, there's many good things about it, is kids are are really cruel at ages, you know. so you know you put i put up an instagram thing with her on it she's she's you know they're they're, sadly they base so much on on their popularity in social media she's worried that people are going to see it and slag her off and